Blog Talk Radio. If you enjoy mining for gold and silver out of God's holy word, you are going to love A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter. A Sheep Speaks combines great Bible truths you might not hear anywhere else with nuts and bolts testimonies of how these truths can be applied to your life. A Sheep Speaks with Denise Jeter starts now. Have you ever been in a storm? Well, just as you need to prepare for physical storms before they show up on your doorstep, so you need to prepare for spiritual storms in advance. And believe you me, there is a spiritual storm brewing in this world today. It's called good versus evil, and you need to be prepared. Scripture gives us some instructions on how to prepare before the storm arrives. And we're going to be looking at that this morning. You know, we are either in a storm or a storm is coming or we just came through a storm. Or if you're on the unlucky side, all three. But, uh, you know, the first thing we need to do is to prepare. And uh, do the storms in your life cause questions? Questions about why things happen to us and the way they happen to us? Questions about why we can't seem to get the victory over some things? I believe we will never find an answer to these questions outside of faith in God. So we're going to be talking about that preparation, the first thing we're going to be talking about today. And, you know, we can prepare. We can, just as we can prepare for hurricanes, we can prepare for the storms that Satan, our wicked flesh, and the world will send our way. We see in the book of Daniel, Daniel 1, verse 8, that Daniel prepared ahead of time. Sometimes if we don't make these spiritual decisions ahead of time, when we're in the heat of the battle, it'll be too late. We'll just do the, we'll go toward the path of least resistance if we haven't already have a made up mind what we're going to do. And we see here. We see, we see here in Daniel 1, 8 that Daniel had a made-up mind. It says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So we can purpose ahead of time in our heart that we will not defile ourselves. And ahead of the storm, you know, I live along the Gulf Coast, and when a storm is coming out in the Gulf, uh, we have days. They warn us days ahead of time that it's coming. Now, it may change course here and there, or it may get a little stronger or a little weaker, but we at least know that it's coming ashore. And we know that if, if it's a really, really strong one that we need to board up our windows, if it's really bad, sometimes um, it's they put out evacuation notices. But uh, whatever the case may be, we know that we have to prepare. And I don't know about you, but I see a storm brewing on the horizon, like I said, between good and evil. And we need to get in the word and get close to the Lord so the Holy Spirit can show us what to do in these evil, dark days that are coming. You know, the Bible says, though, for one thing of encouragement, it does say that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Lord will raise up a standard against him. So Satan does not have more power than God, no matter how much he would like you to believe that he does. And so we're going to look at some ways we can prepare in our lesson today. And uh, we can choose. 
we can choose what we will do and whom we will serve. You know, our days are filled with choices to do things our way or God's way. We have to make a choice if we want the Lord's blessings. And we see in Joshua 24, 14, and 15, he says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. So our first decision is like Joshua's decision. They had to decide, are they going to serve these false gods that their fathers served on the other side of the, um, of the way? Or are they going to serve the Lord God with all their heart? And then he says in verse 15, And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. So that's the first way we can prepare for the evil that's coming. We have to make a choice and a decision. We have to know whether we're going to compromise with the world and the enemy and the flesh, or if we're going to stand our ground no matter what the cost and say, no, I'm going to serve the Lord, whatever that means. And that's what a lot of these men in the Bible did, and that's what we have the ability to do today. And we see that after he says, choose you them this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua made a decision here, and he was inviting all those around him to make that same decision. So it's our time to make a decision. You know, the Lord says today is the day of salvation. And so if we don't know the Lord today, this would be a good time to talk about that. He says that if anyone would come unto him, he will in no wise cast them out. So salvation is just the beginning of our walk. But being born again is just the beginning. Now the war begins. You know, before you knew the Lord, you were going the same way as the world and Satan and the uh, flesh. But after you become born again, you turn around and you go the opposite direction, and that's when the war actually begins. It's not that you get saved and then everything just comes up roses. No, no, that's not how it works. You get saved, and then the enemy really comes after you sometimes. You know, there's a story I heard one time about salmon and how they give birth. And when a salmon is about to give birth, they go upstream to lay their eggs while everything else is going downstream. So what I heard a preacher say about this one time, he says, so you imagine the salmon's going upstream and the current, any debris, and all the other fish are going in the opposite direction. So he's really got to make some headway. He's really got to work, or she, I should say. She's really got to work to get upstream. And that's the way it is with us. When we get born again, we're going against the grain. We're going against the enemy and uh, the world system of doing things. And so uh, up until you were born again, you were going with the current and with the world and with the flesh. But now you have turned around and you are going against the current, just like the salmon. And it says in Romans, verses 10 through, 9 through 10, that if thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart, that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, 
And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So I invite you today, if you don't know the Lord, yes, it might be hard when you turn around, but if you don't know the Lord today, you don't have a rock to stand on. You don't have a solid ground in these turbulent times. And we're going to see some more decisions we can make as we go forward here. And, of course, like I said, once you're born again, the war is on. Satan will war for your mind. He will war against you being grounded in God and so on. He'll reward, he will war against you being grounded in the word. And in James chapter 1, 5 through 8, it talks about this. It talks about the fact that we can't be unstable in our ways. If we want to serve the Lord and receive his blessings, we have to have a made-up mind like Daniel did. And it says, if any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. So he's saying, if you come to me and ask for wisdom, I will give it to you. I won't rebuke you or chastise you for asking. Then in verse 6 it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So so what the Lord is saying, he's saying you have to have a made-up mind. You can't serve me on Monday and then serve the flesh on Tuesday and, uh, and expect to receive anything from me. That is just not how it works. And James makes that so plain. I know one time I had made up my mind, actually talking about a made up mind, I was going to Walmart and I just felt the Holy Spirit all over me and I had made up my mind I was going to go in there and I was going to try to witness to somebody and I was just going to try to be a light for the Lord. And now I went to Walmart all the time and I never had really made that decision before. And so I walked in there and I, you know, went shopping, got the things I needed to purchase, came to the checkout counter. I got almost to the checkout counter and they said, oh, you have to, we have to shut this counter down. So you have to go to the courtesy booth. So then we all went over to the courtesy booth. And of course, I lost my place in line. So I'm standing there trying to be patient. And about that time, believe it or not, this sounds like a made up story, but trust me, it's not. They told us to go back to the line. So then I lost my place again. So by this time, I am livid. I am, in, I am mad at everybody in the store, and I'm just furious. And it was like the, the Holy Spirit tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, that's what Satan does when you make up your mind to serve me. He's going to throw everything in your path to try to trip you up. So that's why the Bible says in one place he would not have us be ignorant of the wiles of the devil. We are to expect these things so that our patience and our determination can grow and we can recognize, oh, I see what this is. This isn't just circumstances that arbitrarily happen to me. This is the enemy trying to keep me from being a witness to these people. And so we have to be in the word in order to find out these secrets that the Lord wants us to know about what Satan tries to do to trip us up. And we have an example of all this uh, in the children of Israel. You know, the people around them influence them. In 2 Kings 17.33, it says, They feared the Lord and served their own gods after the manner of the nations whom they carried away from thence. Is that an amazing sentence? They feared the Lord and served their own gods. That doesn't even sound possible, does it? 
It's written in black and white in the Word of God, so we know it's possible. So you can actually fear the Lord and still serve your own gods. Now, how does that look in America or in the modern-day world? It, you know, we, most of us don't bow down to gods, you know, to um, gods that are graven in a, in a stick or something like they did back in the day, you know. But our gods today are, can be anything, anything that we think about more than we think about the Lord Jesus Christ. It can be our spouse. It can be our children. It can be our job. It can be our social media. Anything that we have our mind on more than the Lord, even though we fear the Lord, we can still serve our own God. And this caused not only them to err greatly, but their children and grandchildren suffered for their mistake. We see in Second Kings 17.41, it says, So these nations feared the Lord and served their graven images, both their children and their children's children, as did their fathers, so do they unto this day. So when we fall and we make mistakes and serve other gods, it doesn't just affect us. You know, we might think, well, that's my life. That's my business. I'm not hurting anybody else. But that is not true in God's uh, equation of these things. It causes our children to trip up and our grandchildren to trip up. And so we don't need to have a double mind. Do not be double-minded, but seek the Lord and fear him, but then serve him also and don't serve other gods. And, you know, wisdom is something that we need because the Bible says in one place that, uh, that he says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, he didn't say the heathen, the lost people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. No, it was Christians that were destroyed for lack of knowledge. That should scare us, shouldn't it? Amen. So in Psalms 111, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. So it's not just hearing the word. If we hear the word and don't do, do it, we are going to suffer a more severe judgment than if we didn't even know it at all. You know, that's what the Bible says. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. It doesn't say all they that hear his commandments or know his commandments. It says all they that do his commandments. And so we need to take heed to whether we're obeying the parts of the word of God that we already know. You know, if the Lord gives you wisdom and gives you uh, insight and you don't obey what he's already given you, he's not going to give you any more instructions. You know, if someone gives you a GPS and it tells you to go the certain way and you don't go that way, the GPS is not going to do you any good because now you're off track. And so uh, we need to obey the Lord as he gives us instructions. And we need to obey him immediately. I was listening to a message the other day, and a gentleman said he was preparing a sermon and right in the middle of writing a sermon, the Lord, the Holy Spirit put it on his heart to pray. But he wanted to finish writing a sermon and then pray. But he said by the time he finished that sermon, he did not have the unction of the Holy Spirit to pray. So he had lost that opportunity to obey God and to get the blessings 
that the Lord was trying to give to him. So when the Lord tells us to do something, he doesn't mean he wants us to do it in 15 minutes. He means that he wants us to obey him when he speaks to us. Amen. And another one of Satan's strong tools that he tries to use to get us off track, he wants to discourage us. So we can find ways in Scripture to avoid discouragement. You know, the one place in the Bible it says David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, if no one else encourages you, if you know the Word of God, you can encourage yourself in the Lord. So one thing that causes discouragement is not hearing our Father's voice, not seeing him answer prayer. It seems like there's silence from heaven when we pray, and this causes great discouragement. And it says in Psalm 66:18, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if we knowingly disobey what the Lord has told us to do, he says so clearly in Psalm 66:18, he will not hear us. If we, if we regard iniquity in our heart. And what that means is we know what to do, but we don't do it. And a lot of times, you know, we don't say to the Lord, well, I'm not going to do that. We, don't, we would never do that. But what we do is we just ignore it. Or we say, oh, that's for somebody else. That's a big one. A lot of times you listen to a message and the Holy Spirit speaks to your heart. And you say, you know who needs to hear that. Boy, I wish so-and-so was listening to this message. Or that applies to them. And the whole time the Lord is trying desperately to break up that fallow ground in your heart and speak to you with that word. And so we can ignore the Lord by just fluffing it off or saying, oh, I'll do that later. Or we can ignore him by taking that word and saying it's for somebody else. And then he says, there we are in that position that will cause discouragement because now we are, we are regarding iniquity in our heart. And so now his heaven's ears is shut to your prayers. And so now you're not going to get answers to your prayers. So what's going to happen? You're going to get discouraged. And that is just one of the Satan's tricks. Our sins can cause heaven to be deaf to our cries for help, and that will cause us to be discouraged. And Satan will use that to tell us God doesn't care. God isn't going to help you, which is a huge lie of the enemy. You know, it says that Satan is the father of lies. And so he wants us to believe that God doesn't care about our situation. And how better could he do that by getting us in a position to not have our prayers heard? So God is not looking for perfection. He is looking for an honest heart. You know, David was a man after God's own heart. And in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. And what we call little sins can hinder our prayers as well. You know, maybe the Lord told you to write a letter to somebody, to encourage somebody, or to, uh, you know, to do any little small, something you would consider small. And we don't think that much about it. We don't think it's that important. But right here it says the the little foxes spoil the vine. So there is no big sin and little sin in God's eyes. So you don't want your prayers hindered. So I encourage you today to listen to that still small voice and be quick to obey God. 
But God says, once again, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you have done that, if you have slipped up in some area by not listening to the Holy Spirit, the Lord says, no problem. Just come to me, confess your sins, and I am going to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You know, we see in the life of Jacob that Jacob got discouraged. You know, Jacob's son, his fir- the first son he thought he lost, quote unquote, was Joseph. And um, if you know the story, uh, jo- Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery and he went to Egypt and they imprisoned him there. And uh, then later on, there was a famine in the land and the, and the brothers had to go to Egypt And so when they went to Egypt to get food, they had no idea Joseph was second in command in Egypt, and he was in control of all the food that was being given out during the famine. So during the course of that trip, they put Simon in jail uh, because they were, you know, Joseph was wanting them to go back and get their smaller brother. And so the story goes on and on, but Jacob was discouraged because of these things. And in Genesis 42:36 it said, And Jacob their father said unto them, unto them, Me ye have bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, and Simeon is not. And now will you take Benjamin away? And then he says these famous words, All these things are against me. So, Jacob was discouraged, and he said, all these things are against me. When we who know the story realize that all these things really and truly were working for Jacob, but he just didn't have the whole story. You know, Corey Ten Boom gives an example of a tapestry, and she says what happens is with that tapestry that God is 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 weaving a picture in our lives. And he sees the top of the tapestry where the beautiful picture is, and all we see are the knots and the loose threads, and it looks like a huge mess to us. But it's a beautiful picture to the Lord. And that's what was happening in Joseph's life. He could just see the knots and the loose threads, and he said, all these things are against me. But God saw the beautiful picture he was painting, or weaving, I should say, and he said, no, all these things really are working for you. So, so that causes discouragement. When we look at things through our eyes, we need to ask the Lord to let us see things through his eyes so that we might not be discouraged. But also in this passage, we need to realize that we have to have faith in action. You know, a lot of times believing is not enough. Uh, it says in James 2.19, Thou believest that there is one God? Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Okay, so the devils believe, and it doesn't do them any good. Uh, It is good to believe, but belief is not enough all by itself. We have to uh, understand that the devils believe and tremble. And so he's wanting us to put faith with our works, with works with our faith, I should say. In James two fourteen through 17, it says, What doeth profit, my brethren, though a man say that he has faith and has not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and thou sayest, and one of you 
Say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What doeth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. So that's where it comes in to be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. You know, we talked about that a little earlier, that it doesn't do us any good just to believe. We have to believe and obey. Actually, just believing and not obeying is worse than not believing at all. So he says, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And so God knows, you know, you can't fool the Lord. You know, there's a lot of people who can, that are really pretty subtle and they really know how to manipulate and fool people. But there's one person you will never fool because he knows your thoughts. He knows everything you think, everything you say. And it says in James 4:17, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And it hinders your prayers. God knows what we know. You know, we think that if we uh, put it in the back of our mind and we act like uh, we forget about it or we try to suppress it, that that's going to be okay with the Lord, that he's going to think we forgot it. But God knows what we know. He knows if we know to do good or not. You know, we don't all know all the scriptures. You know, it says if the law had not come, there would not be sin because they wouldn't have known they were sinning. But God knows what you know to do. He, he knows that if, if you see someone needy and he's prompted you to give them a little bit of money or give them some food and you don't do that, he knows that you know that the Holy Spirit told you to do that. And so you can pretend all you want to that, that you didn't know or you didn't think it was that important. But God knows. Amen. So he has some instructions for us. What should we do in light of all these things? And it says in James 4, 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. You know, a lot of people want to resist the devil and think he should flee from them. But you have to get the first part right in order to get the last part. Submit to God and then resist the devil. A lot of people don't want to do the submit part. Amen. But he also says in verse 8, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. There's that word again, double-minded. The Lord does not want us to be double-minded. He's saying, put away pride. Be humble, submit to God, and obey. Resist the devil, and draw nigh unto God. We draw nigh unto God by reading his word and spending time in prayer. There's no shortcut. There's no fast food restaurant. There's no drive through You have to uh, submit to God, and you have to draw nigh unto God by reading his word and spending time in prayer. But those, all these things, if we do these things, they bring benefits in our life. The benefits of walking close to the Lord, it says, in James 5:16, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. And this is the promise right here. 
and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if you're right with the Lord and right with other people and you pray fervent prayers to the Lord, it says that it avails much. In other words, you will get a multitude of answers. And he will answer your prayers, and that brings encouragement. Amen. So we see here that that is the things that the Lord would have us to do when we're preparing for the storms that are definitely coming. And as always, I'm reading an apple of gold, a devotional of rhyme today out of December the 6th that goes right along with our message. And that says, in Joshua 24:15 and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord choose you this day, day whom you will serve choose this day choose this day whom you will serve you cannot serve two masters if you try believe me friend it will surely bring disaster but if you turn to the living God he will gladly be your father Once you've served God Almighty, you will never want another. Amen. Well, thank you for stopping by today. I'd like to encourage you to go to our website at www.asheepspeaks.org. I would also like you to encourage you to like and follow and please share this message if it's blessed you or ministered to you today. And on our website you can find the links to our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and all of our contact information. Also, the book, Apples of Gold Devotional and Rhyme, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Zulon Press. And I'm available for speaking engagements and singing engagements. Also, I will be here on Tuesdays, every Tuesday and Thursday at 11 o'clock. But once again, I ask you, if you like this audio, please share it with your friends on your social media and follow it and like my page. And I would be happy to have that encouragement. Thanks so much for stopping by.